Yeah, so it might I mean if it's just me and you, we can we can keep it short then. Um I was just looking at uh BCDA. This thing just it doesn't want to make a decision. It's just like hanging right around rewap. And yeah, I caught a little bit of that first dip at the open and then kind of scaled out from like between 120 and like 126. And then it decided to go all the way up to 140 and halt up. When, as soon as it unhalts, I'm like, okay, this could be a good, nice dip and rip for like continuation and completely falls through. And I lose like pretty much all the profits that I made on that first dip. Went back to flat. Usually, you know, after I take a big hit like that, I'm like, all right, I got to size back down. But I kept the same size in the first, on the resumption, the first dip uh, below the 90 MA on the resumption. I uh, got a quick pop back up from 135 up to about 139, 140. And then I was able to kind of recoup my losses. It's only worth it if you work for it. It's only worth it if you work for it. I won't stop till they hear me now. I won't stop till I wear the crown. Um, back to green, but that was it for me. I, I was hoping we'd get some more action. EXMD had that similar setup. Um, let me see if can I share my screen here. Yeah, you should always be able to. I yeah, finally I figured it. out the settings. Let me share that. Holy crap. I didn't even really look at PXMD much. So this is this is what I've been reviewing. Um I don't know if I can keep <coughs> on recording or just a minute. You you can see my screen though, right? Yeah, I see it. So this is the, the setups that have been probably giving the biggest moves in the market last week and then also today in PXMD, um, which is that dead cat bounce setup. So after it makes a big move. Um, we're just fading to the lows, fading to the lows until at some point, you know, shorts have to take their profits. Yeah. And once you see an influx of volume, then you see, you know, shorts who are late to the game, they're cutting their losses. If they're in a small loss or they're cutting break even, you know, any shorts that say got in, you know, after the big run, maybe the second day. So their average may be around $4, maybe under a little under $4. Um, so that is also you know, adding to the volume on the day. And then you have bulls just jumping on the momentum with the volume coming in. So all those three um, kind of catalysts are driving the moves off the lows after you see a big, a big move in a stock and a small cap stock that fades from all the way back from 10 down to $1.75. You know, at some point you have to, the shorts have to take profits. Um, and so waiting for that day is definitely a good opportunity, which you can see here on PXMD. I was eyeing this down here at like 260, but I don't know. I was I was like thinking, okay, this actually could be that dead cat bounce setup. But like we were already at 260. We were, I guess we were sort of bouncing 260, 280. We still had more room to go. Yeah, target would have been break of on the daily. Let's take a look at the daily. Um, yeah, break back probably. Yeah, target 350 would probably be your first target. Anything after that would be, you know, trying to look for, um, trying, trying to look for maybe quick gains because after you get the dead cat bounce, you don't really get any sort of continuation, as you can see on PXMB. Yeah, uh, you don't you want to stick out your shorts quick and then it just starts to fade hard. 
Um, that's what we got on LIFW as well. Uh, back on, was it this day? Uh, the 180. But yeah, you got the dead cat bounce set up here off the support level and sort of here as well. Uh, this day was definitely better. But you know, the dead cat bounce set up there and then also TPST uh, back here as well for the break of four. Uh, this was the only stock in play on this day as well on Thursday. That made a, about a dollar thirty per dollar thirty per share move off the lows. But it's good to keep those runners on watch uh, for these types of moves off the lows. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good analysis on those. Uh, I also have been what I've been doing actually is on my second screen. I just have at least three former runners and I'll put it on the 15 minute and I'll just track them as well. Yeah. A little bit like you've been doing just to, just to keep an eye on because we've been having a lot of not like multi-day runners necessarily, but exactly like you said, you know, we get a nice pop and then six, seven, eight days later, there's that dead cat bounce. I have noticed similar yeah. things, but um, you just got to be ready to trade it. And that's why that's what it's a little bit difficult for me because they usually pop midday or they pop at random times and I'm usually not online. So even today, PXMD, I wasn't there for this uh, 10.30 a.m. Eastern move. Uh, yeah, and this is something again, like the spreads were very wide on this. And, you know, earlier before, you know, before the volume really started coming in after the first halt, it was still kind of low volume. This is only 160,000 shares. That's, you know, pretty low on the lower end. Yeah, that's after, true. Like after the market's open, it's on the lower end. Yeah, if, if it figures um, only up 200K shares per minute, I usually don't look at it. And then, it, you know, you had like three, four minutes where then it went over. So you had to be... And then the move was over. So it's like the move was over. Yeah. You had to be ready to go on your watch list. Maybe an alert that went off. Okay. It's back above, I don't know, former highs, highs of yesterday or something like that. It's a little bit of maintenance, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But yeah, tricky. I almost had a huge home run trade today. Really? But I was already red on the day. And I ended up taking my profits early because of that, just because I was like, it was, I, this was the trade I got back green on the day. And I usually never look for home run trades, especially if I'm red. I'm trying at that point, I'm trying to base it and get a little bit of um, flow back. But I mm -hmm. bought this dip. I sized in pretty okay. I started getting red on it, but then it popped up here. I closed some at 26, so like a five cents a share profit. Yeah, so that's popped, like the same trade that I had. Yeah, almost exactly what you did. It popped up here, but then got slammed back down. And then I closed the rest at like 24. And at 4.5 thousand shares, I had 5.5 thousand. And then, and then it just rips. And I'm like, no, yeah. like that was a perfect, I got shaken out like <laughs> right on the false, false initial move. Yeah. Yeah, so dumb. I'm down. Exact trade on um on that resumption. You were in at one forty eight, and then you sold at one thirty six. That was the same trade that I lost all my profits on. Yeah, I bought high on this one. I got stuck yeah. on the vault down. Luckily, I was just getting started with entering the trade, and then it halted. 
And I was like, oh shit, but I only had 500 shares. So I didn't really care. I lost like 60, 70 bucks on it just because of the small size, even though it would have been uh, actually, that was a pretty brutal percent loss. It was like a 10% loss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the one you got stumped on. And then I wanted to buy some of these dips, but somehow I kept missing my fills. And then I got this dip just kind of because it was a bit of like a triple bottom here, here, and here. Mm -hmm. And then took quick profits, did the same trade here. So I made back like, I don't know, 200 bucks or so, but I don't know. It wasn't uh, I like this, this is the money maker. And usually I nail these pre-market, but I was gone. I was got, literally gone. I closed shop around like seven forty-five or something. And I didn't notice it got back up because I wasn't checking yeah. the discord. And then I, I came back and I was like, Oh no, like that was yeah. a beautiful run. Beautiful run. We haven't had a pre-market run like that in so long. Yeah. Oh, well. Sometimes I do a little worse on, on, that type of price action where it's, you gotta be a little bit more patient. And then it's also, it, it only moves up like a penny and then it pulls back like two pennies and then it moves back up three pennies and back one penny. Oh yeah. So a couple more pennies. You gotta be a little bit patient on those. And sometimes I lack that patience and I'll end yeah. up cutting for break even or for a one cent loss and then chasing it back higher to cut it for a one cent loss again. Oh yeah. I have those days too, though, like where there's a front side that grinds for like 30, 45 minutes and I'm like barely green or red on it. And I just did every, yeah. everything wrong. But typically this is, this is like my, my bread basket. This is, this is like my stuff that I like to trade. I don't, I'm a little bit more patient pre-market. I don't have to worry about halts. I just kind of, I'm just, I feel like I'm more in the driver's seat and then like when stuff like this happens, it's just like, it feels like a coin toss to some extent, you know, it just like halts up, goes down. It's just a little bit hectic. Or what was that other ticker that was just, for me, it was just awful today. Um, INVO. And I only traded this one pre-market, I think, or did I trade it after that? This was so hectic. Like it was just like, juice, 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 <laughs> pops yeah. up, flushes down. Um, yeah, I try to trade this pullback here. I was actually pretty conservative on it. I just had really big size. So the fact that I'm only down 260 isn't even that bad. I basically cut my loss as this was selling and I got a really nice low entry. But again, I just had like a, you know, almost $10,000 position on this one. So mm -hmm. yeah, a little bit too big for first first trade of the day, I would say. But it looked like it had that potential to... I'll show you. I see this a lot where we have one of these kind of like ascending channels more or less. And then the last one, there's sometimes like this pullback and then it has that fake out and then sells off. So I was going for the fake out, but yeah. that didn't work. Mm. It did have that run from earlier that's still below the highs of three. So you still have a little bit of supply overhead. I'm not sure exactly how that chart was and you'd have to go to i think probably to the 30 day if you have a 30 day chart um i just have a daily that goes way back or 90 90 day try to do the 90 day five uh, minute 90 day uh i got five minute uh let's see one eight nine, yeah okay 90 here maybe oh yeah, yeah day there yeah that was a big day on INVO uh, yeah I almost forgot about this day yeah look how deep it cuts into that five minute chart though oh, 
That's yeah. I don't remember how I did on this one. I'd have to look it up in my calendar, but uh, yeah, pretty beastly too. Nice. Uh, the volume's okay, but could it could have been maybe a bit more. But oh yeah, yeah. halted like crazy. That was the problem. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I think I was right on this stock just because the halts and the dips were the the halt down on the dips. They resumed so much lower, and I thought that that was going to be it. I thought that was going to the back to the you know right on the day, but yeah. um, and then I kind of just stopped trading it. But yeah, this um, brutal halts. It's crazy that the size that we're trading is like. It's almost it's almost embarrassingly small, and um, <laughs> it's like I I can't get enough solid trades for me to you know bump it up to over 10k position size or even like consistently 10k position size um, because I don't know I I I never know when that A plus setup is coming and then it does come I'm I'm undercapitalized on it. And then I'm like, okay, like we're seeing some action. And then the next few trades, like the move is almost pretty much over. And the rest set, rest of the setups are C quality, B quality. And it's hard to, you know, risk that A quality profits that were so easy to now risk that for a lower quality setup on bigger share size. Yeah, that's, that's like, a big problem. There's we, never that second or third opportunity. Maybe a second one, maybe, 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 but... You almost have to nail it right away. That's that's why with INVO, I just went with $10,000 my first trade because I was like, after this move, there's not going to be another move. And in a way I was right, but it was already dead. You know, it was like the, the move never happened. So yeah, the, same with like BC, BCDA. Like yeah. I was, you know, decent share off, decent shares off the low, but with something like this, I need to be 5K shares per or like increment. So like if it's like an A plus setup, I'm hitting the buy button two to three times. So that's 10 to 15,000 shares. And I'm like a lower quality setup, you know, looking for just a couple cents pop or like off of a dip, you know, maybe only hitting the buy button once yeah, uh, for 5,000 shares. But I was only doing one to 2,000 shares per increments and that's just not enough. And by the time I got that good seven or eight cent win on BCDA, we halted up and then like, I'm like, okay, now it's starting to move. Maybe I should bump it up to 5,000 shares. And then by the time I did that, flush it right back down and that's it. Yeah. That's, that's but, exactly it. Just, it's a, yeah. I mean, that's, that's similar to my struggle. I've been, yeah, just, you know, I'll have like a nice 500 day, then a $700 day, and then like a $1,500 red day or something. And it's just like, I cannot keep my profits at all. Like, at yeah. all right now and it's it's getting i've been basically flat now for i think three months maybe even four but it's just it's getting you know flat in terms of like maybe a thousand dollar green month and then like the next month like a thousand dollar red month you know so it's just like yeah. it's zero zero progress and it's very frustrating i think that's how danny probably feels roughly right now too where it's just yeah i don't know it's just it's a real grind and you get a little bit exhausted by it. So you don't even know what to do. It's like, do I just wait till it gets better? Or do I have to like do something, yeah. you know, totally adjust like my concept of trading? I I really don't know myself. I, I'm just kind of like trying to trade less right now. So I, I don't get so annoyed at myself because mm -hmm. I can't spend three, four hours uh, a day 
kind of chopping around. And then at the end of the month, I'm red $500 is just to me, it's the opportunity cost is like brutal. So yeah, yeah. it's hard for me to justify. Yeah. That's one thing that I I'm happy about my position here right now is that uh, I'm actually, you know, right, right near, I'm right on highs right now on my account. I'm not in a huge drawdown. And I think that's just from, for me being like super, you know, trading this year, just super scared, like not, trying to hit home runs and you know while that it does limit my profits but in a market like this that is the only reason why i'm still at the highs of my account and not having massive drawdowns like some other traders but you know they obviously when it's good like they are like danny when it's good like he's hitting 5k days and you know that's what i'm that's what i'm aspiring to do eventually yeah. But I just don't think it's my moment right now. I don't think it's my time in this market right now that I am capable to perform in this mar- this type of market at yeah. that level. I, I think I need to wait for a shift in momentum for me to at least initiate cracking those levels that, you know, $1,000, $2,000, dollars green days. Because, you know, if I'm going to risk that, you know, obviously, you know, trading at that at that level for the first time, you're obviously going to be emotionally triggered in your trades. So, you know, I, I need to give myself room to make mistakes at that level of share size. And for me to make a massive mistake on something like BCDA, and then for the rest of the day, there's no more opportunity. I could be in a drawdown for a couple months um, because the market's so slow and I don't get that opportunity to make it back. So I think the key for me is just waiting for that the market to where I can make mistakes and I can make it back relatively quickly so that I'm not emotionally just, just drained every single day because I'm trying to just grind back green or trying to recoup losses and going deeper in the red and being frustrated because eventually, you know, so many days of that, like I start to feel like I'm not excited to trade anymore. I'm not excited to (laughs) sit down and look at the market because it's, just yeah just from the frustration and the struggle and it's just yeah it is it's definitely draining sometimes yeah it's like you you know the day ahead is already going to be a a grind so you're just mentally kind of distancing yourself from it that's a little bit what i'm doing right now because i i know it's just going to be a bit of a grind and i think if i get that great ticker at 7 a.m or right at the market open so be it, but I like I really can't stick around from seven till nine thirty and just stare at the market and then do and then do the open trading like I used to because it's, I mean, you know, nine times out of ten nothing's gonna happen and you're just gonna get really annoyed and start trading bad stuff and then finally the good ticker comes but you're already gonna be red or you're you're just gonna make enough green to get back in the green, <laughs> like, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to limit my exposure, like I've been saying, but I think I want to take it even to the next level, really just do the 7 to 7.30 and then again, do like 9.15 to like 10 and then just close up shop. And then if I notice we're in that in that environment, like you said, where mistakes aren't as punishing and you want to stick around a little bit longer because it, it would actually be net beneficial, <laughs> then I then I don't mind scaling my trading time again but i i've made too many mistakes sitting around looking at having tos open so yeah that's that's where i'm at 
Trading's difficult, man. It's fucking, it tests you, man. It tests you so much. So much. That's what's so so fun about it. But yeah, that's what's so frustrating about it, right? I mean, if it was it was easy, it'd be great. We'd be all be rich, but uh, I don't think we'd be interested in it very long. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tough one. Uh, you gotta yeah. love it. You have to. I don't know. You have to love the. I don't. It's, it's actually. I think the people who love trading are the same types of people who love gambling, but they know that they're overall going to make money in the long run. But I think it's the same, like, you know, dopamine hit of figuring it out of like nailing a good trade and having that good idea that worked out like that dopamine hit just keeps you addicted to the market. Yeah. And, but just, that's just like anything else though. Like if, if you're, you know, a salesperson, you know, that dopamine hit of finding a good client and nailing that sale you know, that's also the same dopamine hit that you're going to get from nailing a good trade um, or you're selling a house and getting a nice commission. You know, that's the same dopamine hit that you're going to get from nailing a good trade. Um, but yeah, it's just, I think it's just like falling in love with the process and then also um, getting that positive feedback loop from making good decisions kind of just feedbacks into itself. And then you just, you know, feel good about trading. Yeah. Yeah, you know, especially once it gets a little bit nicer, you know, I mean, I mean, it was so fun back in uh, when you basically woke up, open TOS, and you knew there was going to be like a clean 100% plus gap. Yeah. It's just like clockwork. Yeah. Woo. But we'll have those those days again. And I think, you know, now we're putting in the putting in the work and we're going to we're probably going to be able to capitalize on those those environments much better. Yeah. I think, yeah, these market environments, trading through these market environments definitely teach you more about risk management than you would just only trading hot markets for sure. Because oh, yeah. you know, like we were saying, like the hot markets, you could be, you could average down into a losing position and then it curls right back up and you're in the green and you're like, wow, I had a, that's a great trade. <laughs> I did everything I right. Did that, it was your account. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Averaging down right now is, uh, oof. there I do. There's some moves where there would be like technically three healthy pullbacks, but it just like a, like a straight waterfall. The price action just goes down. If you're not cutting yeah. man, you could, you could blow up a big account really quick. Yeah. I think, I think we're going to hit some massive legs in our profit curve when the market does turn around. Yeah. Really hit our stride. I agree. It doesn't even have to be that much. It just it has to just be like just tiny bit better. So yeah, there's actually a nice trade I'll share here on a firm that I did. It's very small profit. I didn't size into uh -huh. it like I should have, but this was one of the top gainers today in terms of large caps. It, I mean, it is the highest traded ticker right now in terms of dollar volume. And there was, there was kind of like one of those classic, it goes up really fast and starts slowing down. And I kind of assumed it would slow down a little bit. So I, I went for this initial pullback, got a little bit more on this pullback. I was looking for that flat top break at 26. We never really got it. I felt like the volume was getting weaker and weaker. And on these, these green candles, it was just tiny volume. So I started closing here, but I just want to share this exact move right here. It was so nice. I wasn't online anymore, but this 
one minute pullback is often what I look for. These the five minutes coming back up. It's looking really strong here. We have that quick micro pullback. Volume's already slightly on the increasing side again. And then going mm -hmm. for this breakout. I probably would have not held very long because the volume actually ended up not getting super high until right at the end. Um, so that that volume action isn't super nice, but I, I love that little one minute pullback. Those are some beautiful entries. Yeah. But this this was a bit of a grinder ticker. It just had so many false attempts, and that makes sense because you know, like a float is where the market cap is seven point seven billion. Float is three hundred million. So I'm or the shares outstanding. So these are tickers I typically don't trade, but kind of nice price action in a way. <laughs> That's tough for me. I don't think I'd be able to trade that. Because <laughs> there's four attempts that failed continuation. Yeah. I, would be, it was, I would be shitting bricks. It was choppy. It was really that just that one last setup that I didn't go for because I was closed already, but uh -huh. that was that was a nice one. Um, yeah, I don't know. No. Another thing to note is just the importance of being positive when, you know, you're not performing or when you had a bad day or had a bad streak. It's so easy to fall into that mindset of just being like feeling hopeless and like that it's never going to turn around and like you just don't care anymore. Once you get into that mindset, just like don't sit down and trade. Don't sit down and trade because you will make some stupid decisions that the whole hopeless and and. Like, I don't care anymore mindset. When you sit down a trade, you are going to make some massive mistakes. That is like prime environment for just, you know, taking an oversized position and getting super frustrated. So it's really important to stay positive and, um, you know, putting that energy and doubling down into your studies. That's the best thing you could do. Um yeah, just being positive, you know, thinking of it as, you know, terms of market tuition, you know, you spend what, 50,000 to 100,000 on a bachelor's degree or more. And, you know, whatever you spend, you know, if you're just starting trading, okay, you lose $30,000 to the market. That's market tuition. That's a lot of uh, knowledge you can, you can get from that. Uh, but obviously it's best to keep it as small as possible. But, uh, you know, any losses, you know, you should keep it in a positive light, um, think of it market tuition, think of it as a lesson learned, you know, if you're small green, take what you can from that and not, you know, beat yourself up that you should have made more, yeah. but, you know, look at the good setup that you took and how can you size in bigger to that? Or now you know better that, you know, that setup worked out. Maybe you should be more confident in the future. There's a lot of things that, um, a lot of traps that you can fall into of just being negative, about your performance, but it's good to be positive and then fuel that into your studies. Yeah, I think that's super well said and uh, articulated. I think uh, where I often make mistakes is exactly that, where you know I'll have my green trades or I'll be patient and I'll be in the zone. And then, I don't know, eventually you get in the mood because maybe you had a few bad trades in a row and then your P&L goes, you know, because then you yeah. get start getting negative into like a negative. I always call it a red state of mind because that's what you start getting. Those are the yeah. results. And yeah, you want to stay in that positive green state of mind. It makes a huge difference. So what I notice is if I do start getting distracted, let's say I need to work on a different project or I'm just having some bad trades, 
sometimes it really is just best to say, Hey, you know what? I'm done for today. Or, you know, if maybe I can come back later today, but like I, in the current state, mental state that I'm in, either I'm distracted or I'm have something else in my mind why that's is distracted or uh, I'm, I'm negative, then probably better just to close up shop because you're going to get even more upset on you know, when your next trade's red, then it, then you're going to get on tilt and then you're going to have a max loss day. And yeah, like you said earlier, right now the it's all about not giving back profits and managing your risk. That's that's really more the focus in this market as opposed to making profits. And I think if you just manage your risk well, you'll probably be green. I'm I'm definitely not managing my risk nearly as well, and I just keep giving back thousands every month for for sometimes no reason. Like I'll take trades like at. 10:30 when I should have already been logged off and I'm just, I was just sticking around for no reason and then I get you know a big flush on I'm like well there we go it's like why why did that happen you know I was not in the right state of mind when I was super focused you know an hour ago and I would have never taken that trade an hour ago yeah hmm. yeah for me that that market exposure has just been killing me so I yeah I got to do what I can at all costs to to reduce it for now what what time does the market open again for you? Um, it's three thirty p.m. here, so that's seven. Or yeah. no, that's three. Yeah, three thirty is the nine thirty open. So I'm six hours ahead of Eastern Standard. So I'll log in at one to see the seven a.m. open, and then I'll I'll usually close at like one thirty one forty five, and then I'll come back at three thirty for the open open the real open and then i'll trade so i'm trying to keep it right now under two hours of trading ultimately but it's tricky because do. like today the market decides to do the best move at you know eight to nine so or eight thirty. Yeah. yeah do you do anything um before like 1 p.m that is any draining mentally yeah, quite a bit. That's why I actually like trading in Florida or somewhere in America much more. But I'm I'm working on a lot of software stuff usually. So I'm I'm pretty like I have a pretty solid morning session. I always wake up pretty early like around 6:30, 6:45 and then uh I'll start working or I'll go for a workout and then I'll start working. But ultimately, I already got like a solid 4 or 5 hours of work in. And then a work, and then a, like a workout as well. So like a maybe forty-five minute workout. Then I'll have lunch, and then basically trading starts. So I like I just had like the first half of the day already completed. So sometimes I'm already pretty faded by, uh, like yeah. I mean right now it's six thirty p.m. So I'm already pretty uh, exhausted at this point. But even when I'm trading and it's like let's say ten thirty. That's uh, a.m. Eastern. So the art, like technically still often a lot of good moves. It's getting to like 4.30 here. I'm kind of in that, like getting a little bit loopy. I definitely yeah. need a break. So I often go out for like a 20 minute walk or something in between trading sessions just to like get fresh. I, I know Toby has similar situations because he's basically trading in the middle of the night. I honestly, I don't know how he does it. I don't think I could do that. I like, I would have to, pick a different market, pick a different time zone or pick something different. But I, I could not trade it like one in the morning. No, no, thank you. <laughs> well, yeah. See, I'm, 
I don't know if I could do that because I think that would affect my performance just because I'm most sharp right at right when I wake up to about 11. So about like the first three to four hours, I'm the sharpest of the day and then it starts to fade. But yeah, I think I think uh, I would be really affected if I was <clears throat> doing a an intensive an intensive mental workout uh, you know, I guess working on programming or anything like that, like you said, you were doing, I, that would definitely affect my performance for sure. Yeah. A lot of those problems from before, this is what I noticed is a big problem is like, they're still on your mind. Like, let's say you're trying to solve this larger coding issue. So you're still thinking about that. And then sometimes in the middle of trading, you're like, Oh, I figured out an idea and then you want to test it. And then the market's flat. So then you're like, do I, now, do I now go and work on this other project that I need to work on or, and then you start working on it and then something starts ticking and then you try to go back and get, go back and forth. And it's, that's why I'm like, okay, I just need to cut it. Like if I miss it, I miss it, but I, it's hard to switch back and forth. And then if I leave TOS open, you're always kind of looking at it a little bit and then you can't really focus on the other project. So it's, you, you definitely trip over yourself. So I like to, you know, if I get that seven to seven thirty move, great. If I miss it, so be it, you know, I, I got to live my life and do, do other things. And eventually I think net, that would probably be much better for me unless it's like one of those 2020 moments. And I say, okay, you know, it's worth putting in three, four hours of trading a day, maybe even five, because the market is just insane. And you could potentially make a million dollars this year, you know, but right now, based on our trading styles, it's really not the case. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's no point in working ourselves to the bone. I remember Ross was saying um, during 2020 and 2021 that he was, <laughs> he was trading from 4 a.m. 4 a.m., which is the beginning of beginning of pre-market, not even think or swim. You can't even trade yet at yeah. 4 a.m. You can't trade till 7 he had with light speed, I guess you can start trading at 4 a.m. Eastern time, and he would trade all the way until 9 p.m. at night. Yeah, I remember <laughs> some of his late sessions. So crazy. Disgusting. Every hour there was a new stock going 100%. Yeah, it was so good. It was, I, I should have traded more too back then. I, I even had long days. I would often trade the afternoons, even do some power hour trading or something, but. Yeah, my experience back then wasn't so good. I basically had a half a year under my belt of that strategy, what basically Ross was doing, but I had a couple other years of general market trading and other strategies under my belt. So I was able to capitalize on it a bit. And, you know, I made like 70, 80,000, I think in 2020. But, you know, I should have, I should have, could have, would have, right? Uh, yeah. So I, I hope when when we get another session like that, it doesn't even have to be like a giant COVID, the whole world gets sick situation. I think it it just needs to be like a few months where there's less focus on the, the macros and there's there's just, a, and it's the overall, there's more certainty and then small caps start just popping, popping, popping. I think that we just need like a few months of a little bit more mellow action. I think we might even be getting that. I mean, the SPY might even be hit a new all-time high pretty soon here at the rate it's going. It's ridiculous. So we are like 7% away from all-time all ever yeah. highs on SPY. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I think once, I mean, we've already, 
just I I think now that the market knows the potential that we actually what we experienced in 2020 and 2021 now that we know that we like it's it's happened it it's obviously I think it's going to happen again and it's going to mm-hmm. happen bigger mm-hmm. I, I think that just because that traders know the possibilities about how high you st- some of these stocks can go that they're going to be more comfortable holding longer adding higher putting more money in you know like if you've never seen a stock go 300% ever and you're only used to stocks going up 100% at most you know every time you're going to sell at 100% or less oh yeah why would you ever hold 300% it's never happened before but now that the market knows traders have experienced it stocks going 1000% in a day from a dollar to $20 every single day a different stock going a dollar to $20 it's obviously that more com- uh, more traders are going to be more confident holding for the majority of the move, a longer period in the move, adding more shares um, and being more confident. Yeah, that's what we need. We need uh, trader confidence to be to be at that level again. And I think, like you said, there's we all are kind of waiting for that move. And if we see a ticker that's up 300 percent, it's not the first time we're ever seeing that. So we're not super nervous and we're ready to trade it up even higher. So we just need a little bit more macro conditions, I think. And then we'll, we'll get that beautiful couple of weeks or a couple of months of trading right yeah. now. It's just, uh, I mean, technically we had a pretty nice mover today. BCDA just had to kind of be there at the right time. Yeah. But those are just few and far between. And uh, it's a lot of sitting on your hands. <laughs> I can't be too easy or else everyone would do it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. What's your game plan uh, for this rest of the week? <sighs> I guess I guess really get good at clicking the exit button on TOS. That's my game plan because yeah. there's so many times I talk myself into, you know what, I'm just going to leave it open. So when someone says this ticker is moving on Discord, I can just quickly check instead of relaunching TOS. But I think relaunching TOS is exactly that friction I need to make keep me from doing stupid trades for now, unfortunately. I wish I was a little bit better at, at that discipline, but I've made that same mistake now over and over and over and over again. So clearly I need to add more friction. You don't think that maybe you can keep your thinkorswim open and kind of just kind of just monitor without ever taking a trade like until you know then you could have at least saw you know bcda around 8 30. i do it sometimes it's not like i never do it but more times than not i'll be like okay that's kind of good and then the my problem is what i told you earlier is i got busy again with another project so like i'm like my brain is split and I'm not doing really good coding or whatever I have to do. And I'm not doing good trading because I'm kind of thinking about this problem. It's like, I need to, I'm so bad at multitasking. Like I need to either be doing that or that, but I can't be doing both. Yeah. Like some people could, like, I remember in high school, some people were able to work, like do their homework while watching TV. Like to me, I couldn't, I, I was either watching TV or I was doing homework. I would have to leave the room and and work somewhere else. Yeah. I'm the same way. I'm very one track, one track mind. uh, I think for trading though, you kind of need like a one track mind. You don't want to be 
discon you don't want any any ram any brain ram you don't want any of that directed anywhere else literally everything that's why my screen this is like my main um i'll just show it for a quick sec this is why like my main screen is just one stock and then i have my um i have my uh, uh dos trader right here but mm. i just look at once i only trade one stock at a time i know a lot of traders have three three or four different charts with separate active trader ladders on each chart and trying to trade like three, four stocks at once. I can't do that. I need literally, I'm very one track mind. I got to be focused on one at a time. Yeah. And most of the time, um, most of the time in most markets in any one given time, there's only one stock that's giving a plus setups. Um, yeah. So it's if usually a is moving. You know, I just want to have my BCDA up here, everything else on a side on a side monitor. And then if BCA, BCDA starts moving, I can look at my side monitor if anything else is moving. And then in that case, you know, I can pull up, you know, PXMD, it's breaking out, let's pull it up. And then like, now I'm just focused on PXMD. I'm not trading anything else. I'm not working on anything else. Um, and yeah, I think that my best performance is just being, being uh, one track with trading. Well, yeah, I think my that's game plan, the my best game plan moving forward is just is just taking taking that one or two great two one or two good trades and then wrapping it up, not getting back too much off the top. Yeah. I feel like somebody came out recently with a uh I don't know if it was a social media post or something. Something was getting shared around where it was something along the lines of if you just were able to keep that extra hundred dollars a day in your trading and then some statistics behind it. But yeah, 100, let's say it was just $100 a day. That's already a $2,000 a month on top right there. And yeah. it seems like such a small amount of money because I feel like if I'm if I'm up 250, I feel like it's it's almost a wash. You know, until I'm up $500, I feel like it doesn't it's not really a green day. So sometimes I'll be up 6-700 and then I'll try to push it for a thousand and then I end up having like a $200 green day and that's where I close up shop. So just understanding, uh, giving back profits is it's, it's a real killer, especially like a max loss day. So yeah, yeah, I agree. It's only worth it. Yeah. It's only yeah. worth it if the opportunities are good. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally for mm -hmm. losing money if the opportunity is right. Yeah. But right now I think, I'm giving back a lot of profits on really bad opportunities just because I'm it's it's a mirage. I'm looking at the market, nothing's happening and then I start thinking I see things and then the next day when I review that trade I'm like this was a horrible trade or even like 20 minutes later I'm like yeah that was a miserable trade. Like there's like had no news. Uh volume was zero while I was breaking out like you know like really stupid stuff that i i know i shouldn't be doing you know it's only up 20 percent or like some really trash ticker and why why am i trading that so that's where the market exposure is really biting my butt <laughs> yeah i like following the 50 percent rule of you know if i'm up green on the day if i give back half gotta walk away no if ands or buts especially if there's no opportunities if there is opportunities at the hot market then i'll still keep trading yeah. But yeah, fifty percent rule is definitely the as a hard stop for me, just so I can hold on to some profits. You know, if I if I worked hard for green on the day, I don't want to go back to red on the day. That's just gonna feel so bad, and I'd rather you know walk away while I'm still up if it's a colder market. 
Um, but you might have to uh, implement that rule too. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, you can even go as far as like 20% off the top, you know, just walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unless it's like a really hot market. Because yeah, I mean, I have so many days where let's say I'm up at like a thousand or something, and I have that boom, big loser, or like I'll give back 20%, but then the next trade, I'm already only at 50% of the daily profit. And then I have so many charts like that. And then before you know it, I'm at max loss. It's so it happens so fast because mm -hmm. you just you're instantly on tilt when you're down 50% from where you were literally like 10 minutes ago. And you're just like, okay, I need to take the next trade to get back to where I was. Mm -hmm. And that's like, once you have that thought or like, even it's, mm -hmm. sometimes it's very subconscious and mm -hmm. you're just slightly on tilt and it doesn't feel like you're having that thought, but you are you're mm -hmm. like, yeah, that 50% rule is really good. I've always thought about it, but I've never actually applied it. But I think if I did, I would have another 10, 15 K in the bank right now. <laughs> yeah. You think, uh, you think, um, Danny is trading AIRE. <laughs> I think he probably is. He's either trading AIRE or he's at the gym. Break of 11. I'm not gonna, I'm done trading, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, my big, my, my biggest fat losses are big, big size loss. And then immediately, like just on instinct, because these stocks are just moving so fast sometimes, immediately on instinct, double my size, immediately buy right by market. <laughs> and then it dumps even further. That's just, that's how I had my blowout days. It's just like, I don't even, I, I'm not even having any thoughts. I'm just huge loss. All right, immediately double my share size. <laughs> oh, big loss. Let, let's let me show you what a real loss looks like. Yeah. And then I'm Dude, yeah. my actual loss. That's what it is. Man, we've been trading for so long. We can even still get on tilt sometimes like that. You just man, being really aware of that and setting up some systems to reduce the the downsides of tilt. Cause even even like a micro dose of tilt will really put throw some damage on you. Yeah. Um, oh, AIRE, well, red to green. I see it crawling up. I'm happy we got the chat in, even though I, it seems like everyone's running around somewhere. Some people are really beat up with the market. So I'm I'm happy we were able to, you know, get our get our thoughts out a little bit. I think that's really healthy. High RE on the daily is it's just I don't even know what it is. <laughs> My God. <laughs> wow, what the heck is going on here? Uh, $575. You, you think it actually went all the way up there? I don't know. I don't even see a reverse split there, but there must have Somebody been. Got killed. <laughs> there must have been something, or I don't know. They could have IPO'd at like $18. That actually would make sense. Well, I don't know. See, when I have a lot of upside. Yeah, yeah or a lot of people. That are happy it's popping so they can sell the rest of their yeah their uh, what's it called bags big fat bags uh, let's see I like tickers that are over the one eighty SMA where the bag holders are where most people are green on the ticker I think those tickers do better you don't have people dumping into every little little pop well I made a move from what five to seventeen. 250%. It's not nothing. Um, it ain't nothing. 20 day. Let's look at the uh, 10 day. So you got some resistance. You're on like seven. Yeah. 17. 
Um, there's no news on it. It could just be some profit taking from the short side. Yeah, it's not for me. Yeah, that's high risk. I don't but know. it is trying. Who knows? Who knows? A lot of desperate people probably trying to trade it. It's got okay volume. Yeah. yeah, that's all I had. That's all pretty much I had to date the day. Just um, kind of kind of same yeah. thing as last last week. Yeah, not trying to stay not trying to stay out of a drawdown. That's it. Yeah, don't take an unnecessary hold. I agree. Yeah. yeah. All right, then. I guess we'll be back at the grind tomorrow. Hopefully, we get another another decent ticker. I would love that. And hopefully, it, it pops when I'm online. But if not, so be it. <laughs> yeah. Join the uh, anyone who's watching, join the uh, Discord. Um, you guys can. Um, Sign up for a trade journal and you guys can get access to the Discord community. Uh, a bunch of profitable traders. Uh, we'll definitely take you under your under our wing and uh, we'll show you we'll show you a couple of the basic strategies that make money in the markets. Uh, you guys can check that out on tradejournal.co. You guys can sign up. We got the Discord login now too. And hopefully we're going to have some more integrations. I'm working on some broker API imports. So hopefully we'll have some progress there by the end of this month. We'll see. That's a little bit of a big project I've been working on. Make everything a little bit more fluid. And then we'll get more stats going. All right. Take care, Tom. Good chatting. All right. Yeah, all right. Take it easy. See you, man.